Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison and this is Dave Cripp. Ahoy, hoy, hoy. An extra hoy for good luck. So Chris Hoy, uh, because it's the oh, Olympics. Oh, that's new. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's famously not the Olympics. Well, if so. you've got Eurosport this week, Peter, uh, they are replaying the London Olympics all week. Eurosport? I, yeah. I d- I thought that was sort of early noughties Eurosport. Is it still on? It's Apparently it's still on. Uh, but it is early noughties nearly in the sense that it's replaying 2012's Olympics. So I guess it's uh, sticking with its brand. Ah, precious memories. Exactly. The great days. I walk past the London Olympic Stadium every day, Pete. Every day on my dog walk. It's still an amazing place. Still great. The uh, the Olympic rings are still there. And to tell you what's actually still there, which uh, Cornelius, my flatmate, only discovered what they meant yesterday, having lived here for two and a half years, um, is uh, on the ground every now and then, there's just little messages like, keep going, or not long left now, or you're nearly there, um, which look like weird motivational things, but they're actually on the marathon route for the Olympic oh, really? marathon. So it's like one mile to go when they before they get to the stadium to finish the marathon. So yeah, he just thought they were weird motivational messages, but they're sort of like uh, markers for the marathon. I have done a run that finished on the finishing line inside the stadium. Have you? Yeah, because it was two thousand and it was either two thousand thirteen or fourteen, and it was called back to the stadium, and they did a little five. No, it wasn't. It was five miles. They did a five mile run, and it was before they pulled up the running track to allow the football team to move in. Oh, um, and so you finished on the finish line that old Bolt finished on. That is great, isn't it? That is great. Well done, mate. Proud of you. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. It was a long time ago now and I'd forgotten about it, but thank you. <laughs> uh, trying to do a quick uh, flick through my brain to work out how we get the London Olympics to link to friends. And it's, uh, it's not easy, I'll be honest. Uh, London. London. London's in this episode. <laughs> London is, is it in this episode? Yes, it is. Yes. quite right. Yes, it is. Yes, it's quite a big part of it. London, where the Olympics was, features very briefly, although brackets probably not actually, because I imagine they didn't have the budget to just fly David Schwimmer there for one scene. Um, well, which was on we'll come on to that. The street. But um, yes, London does feature. You're quite right. And that's because, Pete, we're in the midst of the Emily 
dirge. Yes. Although this is, I'd say, possibly, I'd say it's probably the sweetest and most endearing that Emily gets. Yes, it is actually, you know, it's, um, it's, it's the sweetest. Yeah, you're quite right. It's the sweetest she is, isn't it? And it's the most you sort of warm to her, I think. Well, uh, important. Uh, have we said what the episode is yet? No, we haven't done any of that. Should we, should we do all should, the should admin? Including playing the voice note of the person that requested it, Peter. Well, Dave, I can play, I can play you two things here. Okay. Um, because this week's suggestion is from a man called Antonis. Um, which I hope I'm saying right, and he is in Greece. Being Greek, he has sent us uh, his suggestion both in English and in Greek. What? Oh, that is great news. So which would you... I mean, do you want to hear the Greek one? I, I feel yeah, like that's Greek better. Greek first, I'd have thought. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Hello, guys. This is Antonis from Athens, Greece. I love your podcast so much that I'm going to say it in Greek. Agapoto Filimefilus podcast. I'd love to listen to your take on the one with the free porn episode. It's a great one. Um, younger generations don't understand the struggle, but it was real back in the 90s. If you wanted to watch free porn, there weren't many easy ways to do that. Um, it's also the, the episode where Phoebe finds out that she's going to have triplets and Ross says, I love you to Emily and she replies, thank you. It's an interesting one. I uh, hope you choose the, this one. And I also hope that you're having a good day. Bye-bye. Oh, that was very nice, wasn't it? That was great. Love to hear the podcast title in French. In French? In French? My brain completely collapsed there for a minute, (laughs) didn't it? Uh, In Greek. Um, That was wonderful. I I mean, I love that he's chosen this episode to sort of bring to public awareness the struggle that teenagers had in the 90s to access free pornography. Like it should be in some sort of porn access time capsule. (laughs) This is what it was like at this point, guys. Um, He is quite right, though. And there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to talk about with the free porn and especially just what a mad storyline it is in the first place. Yes. I mean, there's a lot to go there. And, And yeah, there's actually, it's such a, Phoebe and the Triplets, Ross and Emily... And the free port. That's like three big hitter storylines in one episode, which we don't often get. And a very, very tiny amount of Rachel. Barely any Rachel. What does Rachel, how does Rachel feature? She doesn't uh, really, does She's she? just in it with Phoebe a bit at the end. Yeah, you're quite right. And she, she goes with Phoebe to have the scan. To the scan. And she sort of excuses herself, doesn't she? Maybe she wasn't available much this week. But um, there's the bit in the free port, and we'll come to it, where uh, she goes, oh, my boyfriend Joshua doesn't like porn. And the boys basically go... E- Yes, he does. You're an idiot. And she then goes, well, I'm just off to talk to him about that basically now. You know, I'm off to find out if he thinks supermodels are too skinny. Which is, I guess, her just excusing herself from the scene because Jennifer Aniston had to go and do something else. But a bit of a weird moment, isn't it? To just go, well, I better go and visit my boyfriend in person now. And, Specifically and to say this. Question yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I will say that this is quite a unique uh set of circumstances for me with this episode because uh, I, we've mentioned this before that I had in my head that I, I hadn't ever really seen this episode more than a couple of times yeah um which is definitely right having watched this that there's a lot that I just didn't remember but I decided to clear up the claim I've made a few times about this not being on uh, E4 yes which if you're not listening in the UK E4 is a channel that um throughout the well throughout the last sort of 10 15 years has shown friends on tv a lot yeah um 
I was right because uh, this episode was skipped during repeat runs on E4 in the UK because the clips featured on Joey and Chandler's TV and the porn references were considered unacceptable for the time of day that Friends aired. Recent reruns on Channel 5 in the UK are edited to avoid shots of the porn on the TV. So basically, uh, again, if you're not watching it in the UK, the time that I was mostly watching Friends was when it was on E4 at about 5 o'clock early evening. Yeah. So it was a porn-free zone. So what I would say, so I, so I, I presume we're going to start with the porn then, are we? Because we started talking about it. Let's, well, let's, let's go let's with the porn, yeah. Into that. Two things. One, I would say that the shots that we get of the pornography are so specifically um, chosen to as be basically as inoffensive as possible. What I'm trying to say, Pete, here is... They they're not porn, are they? They're just clothed people. Like that. It's, yes. It, it, no one's. You could watch that and just go. That's a bit of a risque scene in a, a Netflix show. It could be anything. It doesn't immediately strike porn. And they've obviously chosen those scenes because they know it's a mainstream sitcom and they don't want to have it in. And so by Channel Five now blanking them out. It's kind of blanking out nothing, is it? There's nothing happens on it. It's one of the things I noticed is what kind of weird scenarios. I think at one point there's three women shaving Ron Jeremy's chest. Yes, there is an unlikely, uh, well, likely given it's porn, but Ron Jeremy <laughs> does make an appearance. Do you know what that reminded me of? Two things. Firstly, there's uh, Old Compton Street in Soho. There is that life-size uh, model of Ron Jeremy outside what I think is like a, a booze shop. Yeah. Um, and secondly, it reminded me of when my sister was leaving a lecture and going to the gym and was going to meet one of her housemates there and asked her housemate to bring her a T-shirt because she'd forgotten one. And he brought her one that said, bigger than Ron Jeremy and an arrow pointing down. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember those T-shirts. Like they, They'd pop up from time to time, didn't they? I mean, I never owned one, just for clarity. My question here was, is that a real Ron Jeremy film that they've taken a scene from, or did they get him in to act out this very uh, um, offence-free version of porn just for friends? Because I imagine that would be well within their powers, and and Ron Jeremy would probably fancy a cameo, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, you'd think so. But, um, I, I mean, I'm not too... Other than knowing who he is due to his sort of cult status... Um, I don't, I don't know too much about him. You don't know the back catalogue of Ron Jeremy's uh, films to tell me what film that scene is from. I wonder if anyone can. I kind of wonder actually if anyone's going to know. It'll be Antonis, won't it? Who requested this? Uh, well, that's true. This episode, I feel like he might have that uh, expertise. So do get in contact if you if you know what film this scene's from. Uh, not that I've any interest in watching it because it looks so. This sort of brings me on to the next bit of the whole storyline is. The way they watch porn, <laughs> I get this. This fuck has been very sexy, hasn't it? In the last four weeks, we've talked about this before, and and maybe it's just maybe it's symptom. Don't blame us for talking about porn. Blame Anthony. Well, and it's not our fault. That's what it? I mean. I was going to say maybe it's symptomatic of a uh, of the lockdown mood that everybody that's requesting episodes is requesting mm. ones with inherently sexy bits in them. But um, they they're just two twenty seven year olds sat fully clothed in the living room watching porn. It's weird, isn't it? Well, what I will say is that Joey and Chandler watching porn together for people who are famously insecure with their masculinity, right? Um, that's pretty homoerotic. And uh, how do I put this? 
I've seen films where two straight guys watch porn together, Dave, and neither of them are very straight by the end of it. <laughs> right, I see. It's almost it's, it's, it's a plot from a porn film, it's, yeah? It's, that's the plot twist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is very odd, isn't it? I cannot think of a situation where... And, and this goes back to the point that Anton has made when he requested the, the, the episode. I guess we just can't put ourselves in that mind frame anymore of going, you'd be that desperate to access this material that you would be happy to just sit... Because without wanting to put too fine a point on it, Pete, it's, it, it serves a purpose, porn, doesn't it? Uh, yes. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 not high art. We're not sitting there and going, hey, what do you fancy watching tonight? We'll just pop some porn it's on for quite a quite disposable, hours. isn't it? It's disposable, and uh, I imagine the vast majority of people, when watching it, aren't sitting fully clothed, just, you know, with a beer in one hand, having a little casual gander. That's what I would, that was what I would moot. But I, I, I guess if we think about their circumstances, the free porn is exciting because it's film and to get, <laughs> no, but like to get moving image porn for them, <laughs> they have to go out of their way and go to some sort of like rental or shop. Don't they? Yeah, no, you're quite right. Yeah. I just I, f- I feel like the more the reality of it more would be that you they make some sort of rotor and just be like right I'm gonna have half an hour with the porn mm-hmm. this afternoon can you just go out for a walk or can you nip down to the coffee shop and we'll just I'll lock the door and you know if you're gonna take advantage of this windfall that's come your way I just think it's a spare it, it it goes on like it's not just Chandler and Joey that are in this strange situation so one of the first scenes in the episode is Rachel and Monica having breakfast and <laughs> they say do we really have to watch this as we eat which A is a very fair point but B my comeback would be do you have to eat in an apartment that's not yours like yes you could be in your apartment yeah you're having breakfast in an apartment like there's there's no there's, this isn't you can't dictate the activities in someone else's flat if you're going over there to eat their food and have have breakfast there, right? But yeah, I mean, like at one point though, the Chandler just comes home and Joey's just sat in a chair watching porn. Like, it's a, there's a lot of strange incidents, aren't there? And there's, it, it just becomes sort of background noise, doesn't it? And, and there's also a point where, where Emily's in the apartment and you're led to believe that the TV has been on the whole time. And so therefore she's probably there watching porn while on the phone to Ross as well. Well, interesting, interesting continuity error there, Peter, actually. After all of the faff, when Emily's on the phone to Ross in London, the television's off. Oh. Oh, so they've already turned it off. Well, no, but they haven't, because they turn it off after that. But it's it's a, it's a blooper. It's a cheeky little bloopsie, which I only noticed having watched it back. I'd never noticed that in the past. Don't use the word bloopsie again. Why? I didn't like that. I didn't like, I didn't like that. <laughs> Just don't like the word bloopsie. No. Um... I mean, that makes me, A, want to dig into that a bit deeper and, B, use it loads more. You know what happens when you tell me not to say stuff? It's just a bit sort of, it's a bit twee. A bit bloopsy? Yeah. It's like I've got a friend who refers to cocktails as cockies. So cocktails as cockies? A cheeky little cocky. No, but that's not right, is it? That's, I'll, I'll be honest, bloopsies, uh, I do know what you mean because do you know what springs to mind as soon as you've flagged that up to me? What's that? My mom calls it bloomies. <laughs> I love that line. It's great. Uh, so, yes, I may or may not call them bloopsies from now on. You can okay. never be sure. Have you noticed what's on the, um, on the what's it called? The, 
I want to say Etch-a-Sketch. The, the board on the back of the door. Uh, knock, knock, who's there? And who is there? It, doesn't it just say porn? Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock, who's there? <laughs> porn. I mean, let's let's not even bother talking about that because I can't even imagine we'd ever get to some sort of satisfactory conclusion where we can work out why that's there. So how many episodes are Monica and Rachel living in this apartment for? Oh, in the other apartment? Um, it's a great question, actually. Because I feel like this is one of very few episodes where they're in the other apartments, but the episodes aren't about that, because it seems very incidental that they're living in opposite Sure, parts. yeah, I know what you mean. There's quite a lot of hoo-ha around the actual apartment switch itself, but this is just one where they're like, oh, we live here now. Yeah, and um, they look quite settled. Embryos, uh, which is episode 12, is where they move, and then they move back uh in two episodes time after this so uh 19 so they're there for seven oh, episodes quite a while then yeah seven weeks by all accounts yeah that's quite a long time um uh yeah but i know what you mean yeah yeah and, and it's kind of a strange one that, that's it's kind of just gone away for a little bit hasn't it the, the apartment thing almost to the point of where it comes back and they swap back you're like oh yeah i'd kind of forgotten they'd switched this is one where they are still obviously freely going between each other's apartments with no uh, no need for locking the door or anything. Well, no, I mean, just I just thought in any circumstance, Pete, if you were going to be locking the door, it's when that it's television when is on. constantly playing free accessible pornography. Yes, it's a good point. Um, but there you go. It's um, it's a strange one. And, um, well, the, the, the strangest thing, actually, is that they decide to turn it off in the end because it becomes clear that their lives aren't just like living in porn, which is kind of a strange a, a strange uh, ending to this whole scenario. But then they turn it back on and it's still there. So do we just assume they always have it forever and ever? And then Monica and Rachel have it when they move back in. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's Monica's porn subscription. <laughs> and she just never told them that she was a keen porn fan and therefore they think they've got free porn when actually she's just happily paying the bill do you know who it probably is the kinkster of the uh of, of that apartment in the past monica's grandmother the grandmother yes maybe she just has a, a an overarching subscription and it's never been cancelled loves a bit of porn okay what should we talk about next emily or triplets Let's talk about triplets. Yeah. Um, it's quite a short bit, actually, really, isn't it? It's sort of... Uh, the arc goes from Phoebe getting annoyed that she has to carry this big table. There's two good bits of this episode, actually. One is her finding out the triplets thing, and that leads to... The, the actual moment she finds out is kind of... There's nothing much to talk about, is there? The doctor says, you're having triplets, and she's like, oh my God, triplets, basically. It's, it's a bit... Well, she of, almost feels guilty for being pregnant with triplets, doesn't she? Yeah. She feels like that's going to put a huge amount of pressure on Frank and Alice. Which leads to this excellent scene with Frank and Alice, where Frank especially has some excellent lines. Um, yes, he is great. Because the, so the way Phoebe decides to break it to Frank and Alice is when she says, uh, you know that thing where you're walking down the street and you see three people in a row and think, that's nice. And there's a sort of awkward pause, and then Frank goes... Yes, <laughs> like I know exactly what that is, and that is just like absolutely peak Frank. I absolutely love him. And the other thing is the refrigerator college. Yes, oh the revelation that, that that that's the school that he's at. That's great. <laughs> You're in college, yeah, refrigerator college. <laughs> I thought I should get a job, and I love refrigerators. I mean, just th- those little little sprinkles of magic in Friends, which I absolutely love. Um, but they basically hadn't considered, have they, that that, that it's going to cost more, or they're going to need loads more stuff and loads more time, and this that. And the other 
it's really not something they clock onto until Phoebe really points it out. No, and it's a very strange dynamic. Still, I mean, the whole Frank and Alice thing we've talked about before, and I'm sure we'll come back to again in, in relevant episodes, but it's a very odd um, relationship. And when Frank's proudly talking about refrigerator college, Alice, who, you know, in the nice possible way, you think would know a bit better, it's sort of proudly beaming and nodding like it's the greatest thing that he's ever done. Mm. And it's a, just a strange dynamic they've got here. Second half of the sort of Phoebe story arc, which is her basically going mad and thinking that she has to come up with all these wild, wacky business ideas to make millions of pounds for Frank and Alice, which starts with her buying a set of steak knives to sell. Yes, and I love how manic she gets... A, the, the, one of my favourite parts of this episode is when she and Rachel are battling over who had the idea for the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a really nice back and forth, that, isn't it? So so what the idea is that Phoebe's going to use the van that we haven't heard about for ages that Monica and Phoebe bought for their catering business it's like they suddenly realize they still have a van like they just had completely forgotten about it um and phoebe's going to so, so here's the thing right the business idea is phoebe's going to bolt a massage table in the back of it right <laughs> to presumably stop the massage table moving around whilst the van's in transit like a sort of massage uber right yes here's the problem the table's bolted to the floor but unless you're bolting the human to the table person could still fall off. They're still just going to roll around in the way the table would have done, though. Also, I I would... It would make more sense for this to be a van that you could get... that, That came to you, you had your massage in the van, and then you got out again. Like a mobile library. Exactly. Why there's the need for you to be in transit while having a massage, I don't get that. Is it like... Well, is it literally a taxi that takes you from one place to another and gives you a massage on the way? Is that the idea? I believe so, yeah. But then what you're sort of saying is, would you like your taxi journey to be both relaxing, but also in in order for it to be relaxing, you must please grip on as tightly as possible as you can to the Mm. underside of this table to ensure you don't fall off during trans... And also, Phoebe herself doing the massage, that can't be... That can't be a safe way for her to travel, just stood up in the back of a van. Well, she'd be all over the place, wouldn't she? All over the place. Is the van even big enough to stand up in? I don't, from from memory, I don't think it is. Would you get a massage in a van? <laughs> Hang on. Uh, moving or not moving? Um, is that a deal breaker? Well, try both. Would you get a massage in a moving van? No. But you would in a static van? No. <laughs> I would not get a massage in a van because the thing is and I I see I take your point like the mobile library thing but famously that is what Phoebe just has done previously is take her massage table to people's flats anyway Um, you know the urban massage type vibe so there's no no real need for it to be a van like if the option is shall I come to your apartment and set up my table and you can have a massage in your nice cosy living room or do you want to get in the back of my van? Uh, I just think most people would choose the apartment, right? I, f- I find the idea of someone coming to my home with a massage table and giving me a massage, I find that odd. Oh, Pete, it's wonderful. Is it? It's the best. Oh, yeah. like It's one of the things I miss the most about lockdown, if I'm honest. Why, how often do you do this? Ah, once every couple of months, probably. Do you? Yeah, urban massage. I don't know if it's made it to the uh, to the north yet, but it's uh, certainly uh, running wild in London town. 
Um, and yeah, it's just loads of um, massage therapists with um, their own table. And they just, play, honestly, it's great. I, I, it's the best thing about having a massage without the worst thing, aka having to go and then get changed and wait and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. I I think I've only once paid for uh, a massage. I've had sports massages, but they are very different. I once had a, I was doing a lot of running at the time and I got a funny pain on the inside of my lower left leg. Right. So I thought, well, it's a bit of a strange play for a sort of muscular injury, but I'll go and like have a sports massage and they might like sort it out and it might all be fine. I had a, a few sports massages on it and it didn't really make a difference and I was getting a lot of pain. I was like, I don't know what this is. I thought just to be sure, um, I'll, go to A&E and it turned out that I'd been getting a sports massage on a stress fracture which oh my god I would not recommend to improve the pain you get <laughs> so uh, I had actually fractured my leg and I was having someone digging their fingers into it just to sort of try and make it better can you just uh, uh, maybe just just to sort of move the bones around a bit more and see if that <laughs> makes the bones better I was like I don't know it's I, I kept saying to them I'm sure like it doesn't feel like there's much muscle there is there muscle there and she's like yes yes there's muscle there well clearly it sounds like one of those lawsuits waiting to happen Pete well it was in the back of a van <laughs> Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Lucy. And together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions. It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz. We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, But we will. Uh, And there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers, so join us for Plenty Plenty Questions. Questions. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Okay, let's talk about that Emily Ross thing, which also ties in with a little bit of Monica because she's sort of a meddler within this, isn't she? Monica seems to have this strange sort of fairy tale obsession with Ross and Emily in this episode. And it's odd because I don't really remember her being that close to Emily in any other 
episode. It's just sort of in this one, she's fully on board with the idea of Ross and Emily not only being together, but being madly in love and ending up together forever. Well, exactly. Now, there's a couple of things to talk about here, and we've it's 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 nay been long, if only a week since. We talked about uh, Ross's infatuation and falling in love with Julie after two weeks. And here he is absolutely doing it again. Like straight in again, right? And actually, back to your point, Pete, you don't remember Monica being particularly close to Emily because she's only been in three episodes. And now we're at I love you. Let's live together and very shortly get married. Well, they seem to have... Monica and Ross seem to have quite a nice brother-sister moment in this one. Yeah, a, Quite a rare sort of properly sibling heart to heart kind of moment um because monica really encourages him doesn't she yes she really does and she really wants him to go for this i mean we've we've touched on it before that it's 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 a 10 episodes between emily meeting ross and them getting married in london so it's no wonder it wasn't quite meant to be um that's that's 10 weeks in anyone's book but so far it's been two weeks and monica's really into it now the thing is pete I've not actually got that much problem with Monica being really into this nice fairy tale fantasy. The things I'm very uncomfortable with are the sort of insinuations that there's going to be a really hot, sexy, steamy fantasy. Yes. The the, the joke she makes is, I've been watching too much porn when she suddenly starts... But she's still fantasising about her brother, his girlfriend, and an air stewardess, for briefly, well, she also she? she also encourages Ross to go and watch free porn to make him feel better. Yeah, I've done the sibling alarm in my notes, I think, twice or three times for this episode, and that is the other one, where she goes, are you all right, the guys, I've got free porn. And it's just it's quite uncomfortable, isn't it, Pete? Did you note down as well, in your uh, extensive notes... Mm. What she says when she is encouraging him to go to the airport. No. Because she basically says the plot of the last episode of Friends. She says to him, you need to go to the airport and tell her, and you're going to call to her at the gate, like shout after her that you love her. I mean, she basically says what Ross ends up doing in the last episode with Rachel. Is it the same set as well uh quite possibly a very similar airport setup and i only noticed that because this might just be an international thing but i've been to a lot of american airports and i don't remember any airport ever look like it looks like a cozy living room those gates where they where they send them in like airport gates are usually just like a door in the middle of a vast more like a vast hallway aren't they the other thing that really dates it is that the flight details are all on like little boards that they've put on display rather than a screen. There's like little <laughs> numbers that they've sort of pushed into place. Like and a football scoreboard. Yeah, exactly. They've swapped it around like an old school. Yeah, it's like a cricket scoreboard, isn't it? Yes, it is. Exactly that. Um, also, just, I mean, the usual things we must flag. How much money is Ross spending on tickets so he can chase people to bloody gates at airports? But also, he decides to go to London oh. and then instantly goes. <laughs> like, is putting on his coat when he's talking to Monica, doesn't check flight times or anything, puts on his coat, leaves the apartment, goes to the airport, goes to London. Yeah, like he's getting a bus downtown, you know? Yeah. Like, like he's just nipping out. I was actually going to do this uh, when I was watching it yesterday, and I'm going to do it right now. So JFK, if I wanted to go to JFK to any London airport now, today... Well, you may particularly struggle at the moment. Yeah, but let's just see how much that'd cost me. Yeah, the cheapest one is £1,300. <laughs> like, the cheapest one, and that is with no... But I could go at 8pm tonight, actually. You wanna, do you want to split it? 
Um, you go first and, and tell me how it is, and maybe I'll meet you there. God, imagine I just went in the current circumstances. Imagine I just flew to New York tonight. That'd be absolutely wild. Um, but yeah, twelve hundred pounds is a flexible ticket, the cheapest one available to me, and he's just happy to do that on a little whim. And you know, sucks to be Ross because she's doing the same thing. So between them, they're spending the best part of three thousand dollars pounds, even which is more in dollars. £3,000 on this stupid chasing each other across the Atlantic. I, I think we can conclude that perhaps Ross should tell people he loves them before they're about to board planes. Yeah, just just don't leave it to the exact last minute, my friend. Um, when he does get there as well, the the sort of... It's kind of reminiscent of that stuff, the, the famous Star Wars scene, isn't it? The sort of, I love you, I know. and But instead, this time, it's, I love you, thank you. Yes. Um, which comes back later. But, I mean, even... Even within the circumstances, and Emily says later, like, I was sort of shocked and taken aback. I didn't know how to react. Even, because of Colin. Yeah, because of Colin. Who's Colin? I mean, this is the thing. Emily then gets home, doesn't she? Rings and says, there's someone else. Of course there's someone else. She's been on a two-week holiday. Like, yeah. of, like that's entirely understandable and unsurprising that she's maybe seeing someone in London and she's nipped to New York for two weeks and basically about to get married. So doesn't... Doesn't Emily, after she and Ross break up, hmm. doesn't she quickly marry someone else? Yes. So she's gone, Colin, Ross, marrying Ross, marrying someone else. Maybe it's Colin. Maybe she goes back to Colin. You never know. I mean, do we find out? This is probably one of the things where people will be screaming at the podcast going, yes, we do find out. It's Jeremy. Jeremy? That's not a name, is it? Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> it's probably Jeremy. <laughs> Emily and Jeremy. Do you, Emily, take the Jeremy? Um, well, I hope they're very happy together, her and Jeremy. <laughs> but yeah, she's um, yeah, she's really after a wedding, isn't she, Emily? Um, also, Toblerone's got a lot of mentions, don't they? Is that a product placement? They must be, right? They just well, firstly, the, the one that she is holding as she is going to board her plane is. I mean, it's it's almost weaponized. It's that big, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I'd love. I've, I've since watching this episode. I think when I was young, I've always looked out at airports for a Toblerone of that size, just for the sheer um, curiosity of it. And I've never found one. Are Toblerones? <laughs> yes. You only start a sentence. Yes. I never imagined I'd ask this question. Are Toblerones? globally synonymous with airport? Well, this is a great question, isn't it? Because I wasn't even really aware that Toblerone was a big thing stateside. I think the fact that Emily is clutching one in departures is quite stereotypically British. Right. Are they doing the whole Toblerone thing because it's Emily and she's British? Or are they doing the whole Toblerone thing because everyone's spending a lot of time in airports and, well, airports plus Toblerones equals obvious? Yeah, well, that, to us it does, but maybe you're right. Because the way Joey sort of says, can she bring me back one of those Toblerone bars, is A, he, he pronounces it Toblerone. To- like, yeah, funny intonation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, like my mum... Uh, used to pronounce the word boyzone when she was when boyzone were in that like, height. Boyzone. Boyzone, yeah. So it's like, you know, when <laughs> someone just slightly mispronounces a thing that everybody knows how to pronounce. Um, but so that might indicate that Joey doesn't quite know what they are. Um, and also that he doesn't know that they might be available in shops that aren't airports. Because even though they're all synonymous with airport there, Pete, you can, believe it or not, buy a Toblerone not at an airport. Dave, did you know that um, 25% of all Toblerones are sold in airports? Uh, no, it doesn't surprise me, though. 
absolutely doesn't surprise me. Would you like any more Toberin facts? You got any? The biggest one that they sell is 4.5 kilograms. Sounds too big. Uh, American listeners, please. Uh, Toblerones, is that an airport thing? Is that even a thing? The end. Play a sting. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so Ross gets to London, doesn't he? She's not there. I mean, they did feel for Ross at that moment, but also what an idiotic thing to do. But he gets there and he basically brings Monica and goes, she's clearly over it. (laughs) She's clearly shagging Colin. It's like what he goes for, isn't it? Which is an odd thing to conclude that the only reason that she might not be at home is because she's with the person she's dating. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 not a not a good assumption at all, is it? On many levels. But then Ross just sits outside in the rain on the street for hours, like hours and hours and hours. And then at this point, he sort of gets angry about the fact that he's out there and almost turns it to turns it around on Monica and gets angry with her, doesn't he? Yeah, and in fairness, she did uh, enthusiastically convince him to go to London, so I would probably be feeling a bit annoyed at that stage. Uh, but at least just go and sit in a pub and then try again in a bit. Like, you don't have to be there the second she gets back. Go to your hotel, go to where... I mean, maybe he's not even got a hotel, maybe he's return flight, maybe it's a day return. Um, but it's a kind of a wild thing. And even when Emily rings that answering machine, uh, it's fairly implausible that he would be able to hear the message from outside in the rain, right? And it's got the, the plot is also hinges on him being able to hear that message, doesn't it? Through a window. <laughs> yes, exactly. Without it, he's just sitting there for, what, days, weeks? Just while Emily eats giant Toblerones in New York. And the other thing is that I noticed, that I'd never noticed really previously as being strange, but... Again, the whole plot hinges on him being able to hear that call and then calling her back from a payphone. But he's calling his sister's apartment and Emily doesn't know it's him and just goes, oh, I better go. There's a call waiting and then yes. answers Monica's phone. They would have found a way to communicate, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get over it by now. Again, this goes back to that thing of like when we did the one where they're up all night and like, I'm sure... At least pages exist. At least a pager exists, if not a mobile phone in in common. When is this? Season four? So 1998. Yeah, I guess. But there's definitely still phones knocking about. But yeah, there's a lot of friends that does rely on landline phone technology. Uh, A couple of good lines in this bit, though, that I really like. Well, one is actually, I have a question mark by this. When Monica says, it's not over, you're over. Um, Is that like one of the first, if not the first, iterations of that sort of joke? Well, perhaps, but it's also the way that that crap joke sort of awkwardly hangs in the air in the episode, doesn't it? Well, that's kind of his his reaction when he sort of goes, good, good one, is like he's never heard that sort of retort before. And if that is the case, because I still do that to this day, obviously, if somebody says something and I'll say, you know, so's your face, oh, you're, you're blank or whatever. It's that, it's that sort of um, pattern of joke, isn't it? And again, if friends have come up with that, fair play pleated to me. Um, and the other one I really like is where <laughs> and Joey's trying to work out uh, Ross's situation and says, oh, you should play hard to get. And he says, well, she already lives in London. And Joey says, you go to Tokyo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is just like really lovely Tribbiani logic uh, that works on no levels in the real world. But there you go. I think, is that it? Have you got any more um, I think that's, no, I've, um, I'm thoughts out of notes. or opinions? Out of notes. Good. And, in, and out of bullet points. All right, well, that concludes the one with the free porn. Uh, Thank you for your uh, request, Antonis. 
And um, yeah, we've got, I mean, we've got bucket loads of voice notes knocking about, haven't we? Which is an absolute joy. Thank you so much if you've sent them in. Uh, if you have sent them in and not heard back from us yet, uh, fear not, we will get to it. We're just um, ignoring you. We're just ignoring you because you're weird. No, we're not at all. We're just uh, A, quite bad at actually replying and B, we're sort of starting to work out a schedule of when it'll be on and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, thanks for all your messages. It's been a real treat. And don't forget our friends quiz every Friday night, 8 p.m. British time. Um, You can do your own time maths. Um, Yeah, we do a nice little quiz for an hour and a half or so, uh, which is fun question mark i enjoy it and that's the main yeah thing. i have a lovely time me and Pete have a great time um so yes thank you the 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 people more and more people have been joining which is really lovely so if you haven't done the quiz yet and you're at a loose end on friday night slash friday afternoon if you're in america slash saturday morning do if you're in new zealand quiz. you know do the, do quiz. the quiz do the quiz and we do have people from new zealand and australia and all over the place uh, in sort of implausible time zones playing the quiz. So if you're sitting there in Auckland going, well, I, could, I would do it, but it's bloody 7 or 6 a.m. in the morning. It's no excuse. Then bloody commit to it, you know? Mm. get get. There's people doing this, and if they can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Uh, but do, yeah, do get in contact, say hello on our social medias, uh, at FriendsWF on Twitter, at FWFPod on Instagram, and on Facebook we are uh, facebook.com slash friendspod. Uh, and we'll be back next week with another request, won't we, Pete? We will. We will rifle through the replies. And is that a thing? Rifle through? It is now. We'll rifle we'll and then. Get rifling and then podcast. <laughs> what a catchphrase. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye bye. Mm.